Welcome back to the Work-Wife Balance Podcast. We are your hosts, Holly and Stacy, and thanks for coming back for episode five. Can you believe it? Woo, we made it. Five episodes. It's honestly a lot more work than we had anticipated, but it's so much fun. It is. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. But our last episode was long, so we want to get straight into it with our weekly updates. What happened with you this week, Stacey? Well, this week was pretty uneventful, I would say, Um, but I've been an emotional disaster, and I don't think Mercury is in retrograde anymore, so I can't blame it on that. Um, You can always say it is, though. You know, but I feel like being in quarantine still, and like, (laughs) it's like so hard to do fun stuff, and so Mm -hmm. I just like sit on my couch for literally like... 10 hours a day and it's I'm like, like a very mundane life yeah exactly and I'm like all right what's what's the next thing I'm gonna do today yeah walking back and forth from the kitchen um but one way that I've been trying to combat my I guess like boringness mm-hmm. is I've been listening to Oprah's podcast Ooh. it's called Super Soul Sundays and like I don't really know like the background or context of it But she does a lot of, um, like, very thoughtful, mindful episodes and brings on, like, really cool guests. And so I've just been listening to that and, like, anything to do with Oprah. So I'm about it. A helpful podcast, whereas this is, like, a... Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is, like, a stress-inducing podcast for some. No, it's, like, a listen-to while you're working. Yeah, this is, like, a girl talk podcast and Oprah's are, like, how to better... Yeah, like, how to better... How to change your life. Yeah. How to change the way you think. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and maybe we should start shouting those out because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are some where I have to, like, be doing nothing else and just listen, and then there yeah. are some that I listen to while I'm working, like mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my week. It was very, very uneventful. What about yours? Mine was also pretty uneventful. I was staying at my boyfriend's majority of the week mm-hmm. and watching the dog over the last week so I wasn't really home at Mm. all so I just got home yesterday unpacked need to do laundry still so I'm just like settling back in and like having a day or two to myself so nothing really crazy but I do have a pup date pup date and that is that the dog that I wanted to get is officially reserved for me Ah! should she pass her vet exam on March 4th so oh my gosh we will see at the end of the week for when this comes out mm-hmm. if um she's good to go so send good thoughts send your prayers i think everything's gonna be fine but it's just a formality like yeah they want to make sure she's healthy before they they don't want to just give me an unhealthy for job, sure you know wow so that's Puppy! exciting and i think we'll liven up covid for me so me too yeah, yeah, literally for anybody <laughs> involved in my life, they're going to have a puppy. Wow! Oh my gosh, so excited. That's going to be just so fun, and it's like on the cusp of summer, too, mm-hmm. where she'll be able to go outside. Yeah. So, it'll, it'll be, be a good nice. few months of training before things open up again, maybe. We'll see. I can't wait to exploit your dog for men to come and um, come up to me. Okay. At, like, the park when I'm walking your dog. Sure. Do men... I'm curious. Do men actually go up to if women a man with dogs? Ap- actually if a man approached me, I'd probably, probably run the other way. Yeah. yeah. So never mind. I take it back. But maybe you can take a pic and put it on your uh, Hinge profile. Yeah. Oh. 
Except you're in charge of that, though. Anyways, we want to get straight into the meat of the podcast, if you will. I think last episode we said we were going to talk about friendships, but we felt like it was actually pretty important to talk about career stuff. (laughs) We're so bad. (laughs) We're like, we're going to talk about this. Just kidding. Um, We're not. Just because we are the work wife balance podcast and we haven't talked about careers enough so that's true we're gonna touch on some work experiences that we've had as women and young women in the workplace Mm -hmm. and for you a woman of color um lessons we've learned what we want out of a workplace and later on it'll be updates on stacy's bachelorette roster but first we kind of want to recap our corporate work experience if you have forgotten since the first episode. Yeah. So, uh, well, you shouldn't have forgotten because the first place is how Holly and I met. Uh, we worked at the nonprofit for almost two years. Um, and that was our first experience out of college that was corporate and like, uh, quote unquote, the real world, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so we worked there for almost two years. And then from there we COVID hit, we moved to, the sales tech startup and we worked there for like almost six months ish mm-hmm. learned a lot there too mm-hmm. and then now we are working where everybody else works mm-hmm. and we're in a contract position there and hopefully we'll become full-time full-time employees by the end of the year yeah that's our plan um but yeah like the first thing we kind of wanted to talk about was Holly, like, when's a time that you remember that's super significant to you in any of those three places that we worked that you experienced either misogyny, racism, ageism, maybe? Have you experienced any of those things or have a specific story that kind of rubbed you the wrong way or? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've experienced a lot of those things multiple times. Mm -hmm. I obviously haven't experienced, like, racism firsthand. Right. (laughs) But um, I definitely have seen that secondhand Mm -hmm. and, 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 like, microaggressions in the workplace for sure. But the story that I want to touch on for this podcast is the first time that I realized, like, wow, it's really different for women in the workplace than it is for men. Mm -hmm. And so at the first job that we had at the nonprofit, a lot of our job was independent and we would go into communities on our own time and just be on our own running meetings, like just going meeting to meeting to meeting in different communities, meeting with all sorts of people. Like you could be meeting with middle schoolers, high schoolers, or you could be meeting with 50-year-old, yeah, the mayor or like 50-year-old corporate CEO type Mm -hmm. guys, C-suite guys. Yeah notice how I said guys I didn't even say girls um so one of the first times I really remember feeling young and like realizing I was a woman was when I realized and I didn't even know I was doing this but I would change how I would dress depending on who I was going to meet with Mm, and so in what way obviously if I like went to meet with like the high schoolers or whatever yeah I would wear whatever didn't really Mm -hmm. something appropriate obviously but was like in jeans but there was quite a few times where I had to run a meeting or share what our company did and I was the only woman and then 
added on to that, I was a lot younger by a lot of years. Yeah, like t- literally 20 years younger and most, most of the time. Yeah, and so I noticed like – and I I think I noticed, this, noticed that I started to do this like a few months in. I didn't even know I did this. Okay. And so when I would have to meet with all men, I would switch <laughs> a ring – Onto my ring finger. Oh. I would typically wear my hair back. Okay. And then definitely wear something that wasn't too cleavagey because I have boobs. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. So I have to wear something high-necked in that situation. Oh. And I did that because I had unintentionally noticed that I would be taken more seriously if I didn't have – because at the time I had really long blonde hair. Yeah. I still have blonde hair, but it's short. I would be taken more seriously every time my hair was up. And I felt like I'd be taken more seriously if I, it looked like I had a wedding ring on or a wedding band. I'd be taken more seriously if my boobs weren't out. And so it's Sorry, like... I should have <laughs> No, it's, it's true. It's like... And I didn't even realize that I was subconsciously, like, doing these things until one day I just, like... You're like, what am I had doing? Had a wake-up yeah. wake call. And I was like, wow, like, men don't even have to worry about this. That's so interesting because I feel like I had kind of a similar thing but for me because I look like a kid yes when I would like have to go to chamber events um I would like purposely dress like a little bit I didn't dress slutty at work yeah but I would dress like a little bit I don't know what the word is, but I would dress, like, a little sluttier to work. Like womanly. I would, yeah, and I would, like, wear more makeup, or I would, like, wear heels. And try to look older. Yeah, and I would try to look older, just, like, in those situations, and I feel like a lot of the um, troubles that I had in the workplace were mostly, like, ageism, mm-hmm. more than I saw, like, racism, which is, I guess, really good for me, because... Well, I'm curious, too... I feel like you would have more thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is typical in the workplace for Asian women to be taken less seriously because they look younger, typically. Like, stereotypically. Yeah. I think, especially at the nonprofit that we worked at, it was mostly all women. And I feel like sometimes, I, I mean, for the most part, like, the women that worked directly with us, like, our manager and our coworkers, like, our direct, on our team, like, treated us with respect and like mm-hmm. really listened to what we had to say but when you move beyond that like mm-hmm. communications team like whoever else uh that's kind of where things got fuzzy or even with like volunteers that's where it got fuzzy is because yeah. suddenly I went from somebody who had good ideas to somebody and and I think this is like kind of what I kind of think back when I was at the nonprofit and I didn't speak up ever Mm-hmm. Because I was, I just knew, like, if I said something, no one's going to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of have, like, one story in particular where, like, I felt, like, uh, like ageism slash superiority kind of played a huge role. And I know that you experienced this, too, like, in a lot of cases. And I think it's probably pretty common um, f- when you're young and you're working somewhere, just in general, um, and I kind of noticed this at like the tech startup too, like just a little bit, but mm-hmm. when we we're at the nonprofit, uh, like I was the youngest person there for a and long time, for a long time until mm-hmm. the intern came, but I was the youngest, youngest person there looked the youngest yeah. and just like 
did I didn't have also like smallest all, smallest <laughs> I didn't speak up like I didn't have a big voice either um and there was one point where we were like working I was working on one of my events and there was a whole situation where for, for the for context for this event it was held at the high school and they needed a DJ for the event okay and the DJ that they had the students had used the previous year cost $1,200. And at a nonprofit, you're trying to save money. Like, you don't want like, to save so much. Yeah, you do not want to be spending money. And so then we had a different DJ pop up that was like, oh, I'll do your 24-hour event for $200. And a lot of those people do it out of the goodness of their hearts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to the students first before I made the decision. I said, what do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to pay $1,200 for this DJ or do you want to pay $200 for this DJ and of course the students are like let's do the $200 DJ because that's how we save money and give more back yeah and give more back exactly and um the entire mission of our nonprofit was to save lives yeah without spending money you know yeah um and so anyways I email back the $1,200 DJ and I'm like hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I consulted with the other volunteers. We decided to go with uh, a more inexpensive DJ this year. Hope you understand. Um, thanks so much for reaching out. We really appreciate you. Because this DJ, this $1,200 DJ, was a volunteer for a different event. Mm-hmm. And so I was super professional in my email. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> The next morning, okay, it's a Friday, and I'm having a good day. I've got my white Everlane pants on, like, I'm ready to party. Okay. Going to work. I was late to work this morning for whatever reason. I think I had an appointment or something. And the team is already sitting in the room that we meet in. And so I walk in, everyone looks at me and looks at me weird. And I'm like, okay, what? I don't know what's going on. Oh, so you didn't know at I, that point. Okay, so I had checked my email momentarily, and I saw an email from said DJ but I didn't know what it said. I was assuming it was like, thank you for letting me know. As a normal person okay. would say. Right? Yeah. And from my perspective, our manager had already said, you guys, Stacy's going to have a rough day today. Yeah. So she already Something thought I knew. happened. Yeah. And so we were all like, what happened? Yeah, I walked in. Because our manager didn't like want to spill everyone's yeah. tea, but also mm-hmm. would like be like, someone's yeah. going to be sad today. <laughs> and, so- <laughs> and so... I walk into the room. Everyone's looking at me. There's like five or six people in the room. You're all looking at me, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I sit down, and I at the, I open my computer, and at this point, my email's loading, and I see it's like the same time our manager is saying it to me mm-hmm. that I this email opens mm-hmm. on my desktop, and it's the email from the DJ, and I remember just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I remember reading it. The too. email that this DJ sent me, which was like a true example of like somebody feeling superior over me because they've been in the game for longer. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not respecting. Yeah, and just not respecting who I was as like their staff person. They sent me this email that was like, I'm not kidding, like ten pages long, all spaced out and like color coordinated, sent at two AM. And it was like you are the worst staff partner we've ever had. This is the reason. Or it was something like literally along the lines of like, 
I wish the company would stop bringing in young staff partners because they have no idea what they're doing and you're an example of it and this is why our events are failing and this is why we don't make any money anymore. Like literally just like obviously there were some other problems with the nonprofit that he must have been feeling. Yeah. Um, Because like the things he he was saying weren't like specific to me. It was just like more towards the organization as a whole. It just happened to be targeted towards me. And so it's this huge long email of him just like ripping me, right? But he's CC'd like our CEO, our um, vice president. Did he see, see our, the CEO yeah. or the director? No, the CEO, the director, oh, the executive director, the VPs, like he CC'd the like regional, v- like literally every important person in the organization, he CC'd on this email. And I think executive board members too, right? Yeah, yeah. And like lifelong volunteers that were with the Tacoma event. Mm-hmm. Like, he CC'd everyone. And I remember, like, our <laughs> our VP, who is a female, a woman, she, she like, emailed me and was like, this is 100% unacceptable of him. I'm sorry that you had to get this email. He should not have treated you like that. And I think that's, like, what was appropriate for them to do at the time was to be like, this is not your fault. Because I knew it wasn't my fault, but it felt like my fault, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't. And then my, our executive director called me that day too because I was like crying because I was like so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I was crying, <laughs> which is like why I'm laughing. I think that was the first funny. time I saw Stacy cry. Yeah, and we had like a meeting later that day too. And I remember they're like, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. And I was like, I have to go. Like, it's fine. It was just a lunch meeting. <laughs> we went to freaking Taco Del Mar. I don't, yeah. And so then, um, yeah, you were there. I don't remember. Um, and then... <laughs> Our executive director, he calls me later and he's like, hey, like, I just want to let you know that, like, as soon as we saw that email this morning, like, the VP called me and said that was super inappropriate and nothing's on you and, like, I hope you don't feel bad. And I was like, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, and then, like, on the, I think what was annoying and, like, kind of goes to being, showing, like, the ageism, too, is we had, like, volunteers respond to that email on top of it being, like, well, the DJ is, like, a lifelong volunteer, and you really messed up. Like, you should have known better. Like, this is why we don't like having young staff partners. And it was just, like, this is not my fault, though. Like, this guy obviously is having a meltdown if he needs to send a 15-page email at 2 a.m. to some random staff partner that just started, like, a month ago. Yeah. You know? Like, that's so inappropriate. But that was, like... (laughs) I have stories like that, too, but we can save them for another time. Yeah. That was the first time I cried in the workplace. Actually, that's not The researcher that sparked that memory. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. But that that was, like, also an example of ageism and just, like... Literally was asked, are you even important? Who am I talking to? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's so fucking rude. I don't think I cried, though. I don't think no, I ever cried at the nonprofit, except girl. for like I hurt when I heard like family stuff happening. Yeah, that's and when you I, started crying. I would cry and then leave. <laughs> I'm, I'm going home. But yeah, I mean, we both have learned a lot from those situations. We've had like the craziest we've, experiences. We've gone there. through it. We've had crazy different experiences at every single workplace. Mm-hmm. And like, I definitely want to share all those if people are interested because I think they're crazy. But. Um, I feel like one of the things that we've kind of come to the conclusion of is that it's super important to A, have representation in your leadership. 100%, yeah. And B, have supportive management. Yeah. 
because, mm-hmm. I mean, speaking for myself, and again, this is like a, a privilege that I have being a white person. I feel like there are more white people in leadership. There are. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. I've had two managers that look or resemble me. Mm. Like, literally. They're tall, blonde. <laughs> yeah. And I think I can connect with them more right. because of that. Mm-hmm. And they've also both been extremely supportive people mm-hmm. of defending us against, you know, leadership that's above them. And, yeah. you know, so I just feel like it's so important to have a manager that will have your back. And hopefully people beyond that in leadership do. Yeah. I don't. I can only think of one manager that I had that was also an Asian woman, but she was a demon, so I don't think that's a good example. Oh, okay, great. She was, she was literally a demon. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, and I, I agree. I think having some sort of representation in leadership that looks like you, or just like honestly like having women in leadership yeah, is great. And I think that's like a great first step too. I know at the sales tech company, there was one Asian American VP. Mm-hmm. or was she a c-level yes yeah she was a c-level and i just remember like when she added me on linkedin i was like oh my god she's a celebrity yeah <laughs> she added me but yeah so it's like exciting to see that because you're like i could do that one day Maybe. and you feel like you can connect with them more yeah and it's just like a sense support. of comfort too yeah because mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like oh like that i don't know it's kind of a weird thing but i feel like when i see older asian women i'm like it's like my mom. And so that it, like, feels comfortable. You know, like, you immediately yeah. feel a sense of yes. comfort. Um, That's probably what it is with me, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, kind of, it's kind of like a, but, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it other than I mean, it, like, feels had like a, a motherly figure. We've had a male manager. He's a great I've had multiple, person. multiple male managers now. Really? Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, you have. I have, I've had two in my current role who have both been, like, incredibly supportive mm-hmm. of what I'm doing it's just like when I feel like I've noticed like with a male um manager they tend to be more not standoffish is not the right word but they do tend to be more disconnected from you because they're not going to be like oh my gosh like where'd you get your shirt yeah you know and like those are kind of the things that like less I relate to connected yeah yeah for sure um yeah so I feel like that's just Important, important to look for in the workplace mm-hmm. and nice to have. Very much a luxury and I feel like if you have the opportunity to have a manager that just like makes you feel comfortable, you're in a good place. Yeah. For sure. And that kind of brings us into like advice or things that we look for in the workplace as well. And I feel like these are like two categories, like things that are like easier to look for, like they're on the job resume or on the, or not job resume, job description Mm -hmm. are like salary, benefits, work hours, like those things you can look up on Glassdoor or whatever, but things that are like harder to determine, I feel like are more so, I lost my place. Um, (laughs) I think like kind of what we're trying to talk about here, and you can correct me if we're wrong, but. Um, I think in the workplace, when you're first starting in a job, you really don't know, like, what you should be compensated with. Yeah. And it kind of goes to what we were talking about on our college episode when we were saying how, like, when you're fresh at a college, you're so willing to accept anything that comes your direction. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would say we both did did that. For sure. Multiple times. And uh, I think 
if I were to redo it again, I would kind of like ask around and be like, well, what is fair compensation for this role? And there's, oh, I found out that there's like a certain wording that people will use or like startups will use that basically says like you will be working overtime, but we will not pay you for overtime. Ooh. I forgot what it is, but it's like wording they'll use. Oh, they'll say like the description will be like, you're a self-starter that can manage their time. Like, that's when you know you're going to be working 80 hours a week and you're going to be making. That's so true. And you're going to be salaried at a lower level. Yes. So you're not going to be paid extra. Yep. And that's how they, like, and I think, like, it's it's a little bit unavoidable, too, when you're fresh out of college because you don't have experience. So you can't really justify being like, well, I think I deserve to make $80,000 in this entry-level job. Yeah. You know? So you can build up that experience pretty quickly. Yeah, and so I think when you're coming out of college and starting your career for the first time, don't be afraid to shop around and look around, Mm -hmm. but you can't... again, ask for help. Yeah, you can't be like, I'm going to make $100,000 on my entry-level receptionist job. Like, no. Yeah, no. That's not going to happen. But I think that's one thing that you and I were kind of both exploited on multiple times. Yeah, was was salary. Was salary uh and just being paid really little and working so much overtime mm-hmm. like insane amounts so much i mean overtime. i also think this is like a system problem at large with like america mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, we're definitely overworkers. yeah and so it's like yeah it's easy to see the salary the benefits the hour the work hours how and what you're expecting all looks good yeah and think it all looks good but really look into it and then two like other things you need to look for is again that representation Mm -hmm. and all this kind of goes to like to the know your worth too like when people are belittling you at work because of your age or your gender like you need to know your worth and be able to stand up for yourself and say hey that's not okay same thing with salary yeah and I think people are getting better about it too and I I feel like I can feel the workplace shifting to being like oh that's inappropriate to say you can't say stuff like that Mm-hmm. versus like you hear it and be like they probably shouldn't have said that like I remember one time we were at the nonprofit and we were sitting in that big uh conference room downstairs mm-hmm. on the first level and one of the people in the room said the r word mm. and I was like oh and I remember our director was like oh didn't know we still use that word yeah but I think now like if I were to hear that I'd probably be like Let's use a different word. You're educated. Yeah. Let's use a different word. And two, like, I well, everyone I work with now is my age or older. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, if you're somebody who's more outspoken, maybe check in on the people who are less are, so. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm somebody who's not really, I'm not typically scared to talk to management or voice my opinions. And I'm That's happy so to yeah. lift the voice of others as well if they are scared. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Such a good point. You did that for me a lot. At the at the first place. At the first. At the second place, we were both just like we were like they were like shut the fuck up. We were like help, (laughs) send help. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything more to add to that? I mean, also when you're interviewing, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So yeah, ask all the questions. Every interview, they're always gonna say, "Do you have any questions for me?" You need to have a list prepared. I literally always have a list written down. You, yeah, you have to have a list prepared. Have to. And 
if anybody needs advice on that. I mean, we've been through many interviews. Oh my God, so many. Gotten many jobs. I feel like we're both really good at resumes as well. Mm -hmm. So I always have like a list of... I got a whole spreadsheet if you need it. I know how to prepare for interviews. We got you if you need the help. Mm -hmm. Boom. But also, know your worth. Exactly. Boom. Cool. Well... We would definitely want to talk about career again later on, and maybe one day we'll have, you know... A guest star? A guest star who can speak more on this. Maybe someone in leadership somewhere. Oh. We'll see. Okay. I don't know. I feel like advice from other people would be good, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. But more so on to the juicy stuff. Juice. What you guys have all been waiting for. Ooh. Which I'm is... I'm excited. An update on Stacy's Bachelorette roster. Mm-hmm. So, basically... What I've been doing is matching with guys on Hinge. I like you guys might have seen yeah. in the Instagram live, <laughs> which is now on IGTV. Yes. Um and after I got like a few matches, I decided to draft up a question and I I got Stacy's approval on the question just to weed out those who were actually interested in doing this because I don't but, know how many yeah. there really are and then so I will say a lot of people unmatched once I asked them this question. They're like, what the heck? It does seem like very produced, which it is. Because I haven't, I've seen just like a glance over of their photos so that I could figure out if it was anybody I knew from like high school or college that, that Holly didn't know. Because that's not my, no, th- no thanks on yeah. that. Um, so that I've seen that much, but I haven't messaged these guys. I don't know anything about them. This was all Holly's moderation. Should I mention that one funny, also, that one guy who sent the funny answer, and I screenshotted it and sent it to you? He, like, just sent a message. What did he say? I've gotten a lot of tell Stacy she's so beautiful, a lot of Stacy's mom comments, a lot of, like, <laughs> peep guys who are trying to show that they watch The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. They're, like, drop names of current Bachelor people interesting but this one the guy that said (laughs) i am a virgin with a micro penis but to make up for it i'd be willing to buy you things and let you do stuff with bigger guys instead of me that is a message that somebody commented on one of your photos it's a no from me dog and i'm not here to kink shame if he's into letting Mm -hmm. girls do other things of watching his girlfriend do other things all for it, but I was very caught off guard that this is what the dating game on dating apps is like. Okay, I feel like that's not what it's usually like. It, I don't think so either, especially on Hinge. Also, I've but been I hearing just... that Hinge is trash now, though. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Can somebody get me on Raya? Do you, don't you, have Do you to know what famous? that is? Don't you have to be famous? You just have to have, you just have to get your profile approved. But don't you have to have, like, a certain amount of connections? I don't know. I remember someone we used to work with was on it. <gasps> what? Okay, yeah. you'll have to I'll tell, tell you later. <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to a- tell them what the question you was? Or, yes. Well, what the question you asked them was. Yes. Okay. So what I said was, hey, thanks for matching. Like I said on the profile, this is Holly. I'm setting up a bachelorette for Stacy. She's aware, by the way. And the format of the first round will be a 10-minute virtual date with Stacy, which we have questions set up for. Mm-hmm. As for the podcast, that will be for the final couple of guys. If you're interested, please give me your elevator pitch on why you should be chosen. FYI, we will be reading your elevator pitch on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So starting with bachelor number one. I have a pen and paper too. So this is number one, everybody. He's 26. Okay. He's 5'10". Okay. Um, he has the same religious and political views that you do. We love to see that. He went to Columbia University. Oh, oh okay. And is a software engineer. Sexy. Okay. Yep. This is what... This is all he said. Okay. (laughs) This is the one sentence guy. Okay. He said, here's my elevator pitch. I'm the diversity hire. (laughs) And that just had me dying. Okay. And I I sent that to him. I said, oh my God, I'm dying. Okay. Okay. Number two. Number two. Let me get to his profile. Okay. He is 25. Mm-hmm. He's a little tall for you. Okay. 6'4". Okay. He's a financial analyst. Okay. And grad student. I love a finance bro. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading some of these for the first time. Oh. As well. So, hey, Holly. And, of course, my main baddie, Stacy. <laughs> my name is Bachelor Number 2. You should definitely give me a rose if you love sushi and wine on a Wednesday and a hike and brewery on the weekends. Little about me. I graduated from UC Davis and joined the Army for four years to pay for grad school and travel the world. As my time is coming to an end here in the Army, I've been accepted to USF for grad school for a master's in financial analytics, but I would give all of that up to get that final rose. We could be together like white on rice. <laughs> oh. I didn't read that until just now. Oh. See, he's kind of up and down. He's, he's like, he's like almost there and then he's like, he might be racist because it's like. Because like, he said that. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to throw in a little bit and see how she re- reacts to it. You know, he's testing the waters. Yes. Okay. Next. Sure. Number three. I'm a little iffy. It's okay. But it's okay. And just reading them. Army cold. guys are usually not really. Like, and he doesn't have any indication of that on his profile. Yeah, I just want really to my know. Jam. We have one guy. I I don't even I don't even need to say anything for him. But after I sent the elevator pitch, he said, "Oh wow, that is dot 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 a lot." <laughs> so I don't think he's gonna be participating. Okay. Um. So we'll say this guy's bachelor number three. Okay. So bachelor number three. He is 29. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit shorter. Okay. 5'8". Okay, Holly. What but shares say? the same political and religious views okay. as you. Mm-hmm. As well as, like, drinking and smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't read this either, and it looks kind of intense. I okay, can't Okay, do lie. it. Just do it. We're all experiencing okay, this together. Okay, bachelor number three said, okay, first and foremost, I go to therapy. Nice. Been going for almost five years. So if you want a guy who's not afraid of intimacy, vulnerability, and healthy boundaries, it's a no-brainer. Second, look at our height differential. You're the perfect cuddle backpack. (laughs) Ew! And unless you're wearing eight-inch heels, we're totally good. Third, so he's definitely self-conscious about his height. Yeah. Thirdly, I make my own pizza dough. And yes, before you ask, I absolutely throw it in the air. Who doesn't? I wasn't gonna ask. <laughs> who doesn't want a cute East Coast Italian boyfriend who can make delicious pizzas for date night? 
I'm definitely pretty silly. So if you're someone who doesn't like... <laughs> okay, red flag is I need when get... you say you're silly. <laughs> I need to get through it. Hold on. Okay. If you're someone who doesn't like goofy humor and physical comedy, I probably won't be able to accept your rose. What's physical comedy? I don't know. Maybe this isn't it. That said, that star pose you're rocking in your last hinge pick is... <laughs> is the <laughs> It's the orange. It's I the know. Orange <laughs> The star pose. Okay. Your last hinge pick is the perfect mix of goofy and adorable. So, Stacy, I think at this point, the only thing to discuss is, are you a fan of pineapple on your pizza or no? The answer is yes. <laughs> His profile gives me, like, it was, like, a lot of green flags because the cuddle backpack is, I've called myself a backpack before as a cuddler. Right. Um... That's definitely like a short person thing, I feel like. <laughs> no, I've heard I've heard that for No, I've heard that for okay. couples who are really big height difference. Mm. Okay, um the therapy thing, great. I think everybody should be in therapy. Um I think he's a little he might be a little cheesy. Okay, yeah. He's a little I'm... cheesy. It well, also... he's also 29 so he could be out of touch. He could just be over trying to be cool yeah okay um i, I will also say he's like responded to me a lot like he said oh because he mentioned he was like did you hear about chris i said yes omg i did hear about that big yikes oh that he guy said, big yikes let me write up my elevator pitch Oops. this is by far the most fun and original thing i've ever experienced on hinge oh, so nice we're just guy. having a good time he's a nice guy yeah he's desperate in love so oh, oh no, okay number four bachelor number four so he is 29 okay again mm-hmm. also 5'8 bruh <laughs> um and works at amazon okay that's all that really really shows on there okay um and this is what he said okay i'm an aries red flag this <laughs> the superhero of the zodiacs bold independent ambitious charming everyone knows aries are the worst zodiac sign i thought i'm a scorpio and everyone no no it's aries aries is the hidden double he says anyways (laughs) my friends have described me as a multi-dimensional modern day renaissance man mysterious a natural born leader creative yet analytical an athlete with an inner artist philosophical but logical and well-traveled Although, I have a 10-year ban from visiting Germany while I was living in Europe the second time. Oh. I'm not inherently a great chef, but I know how to follow a recipe book. Recipe book. And that includes my signature margarita tasting flights. I've also been told I have a strong sense of fashion, but I look better with my clothes off. Narcissist. <laughs> okay. I just, that whole description, I was like, narcissist. 10-year ban from Germany? I don't know if it's... Sir, what did you do? I don't know. Is he a Nazi? I don't know. Shit. Okay. He, he also let me know that this is actually hilarious. One of my New Year's resolutions and goals was to be on a podcast in 2021. Okay, so he's a narcissist. <laughs> I will say this is somebody you've matched with before. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, I actually think this is the last one because there was some that were responses. Oh, five. Yeah, I guess there's only... Okay. But so I'm waiting for responses from, like, ten other looks people. Looks like I'm gonna end up with a narcissist again. 
No, I'm still rating on responses from literally okay. like 12 people. This is a preview. So, Bachelorette number... Bachelor. Bachelorette. <laughs> bachelor. <laughs> well, it's because I was reading my first message okay. which said Bachelorette in it. And I have issues reading out loud, so this is honestly very stressful for me. Okay. Um, bachelor number five. He said, do what you want wait, with this. Wait, wait. What what, I need his age. I need his... Oh, shoot. His height. Okay, okay. Um, 28. Okay. 6'2". Hot. Hometown is Los Angeles. Hot. Um, his career is not on here, but it says the key to his heart is food. Um. Is he a celebrity chef? And no. Oh. He does drink. Okay. He said, let's debate this topic, paper straws. No. What's to debate? Those are just bad. Maybe they just get soggy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you guys are on the same page. Maybe there's no debate. There's no debate. He said what I just said. Okay. I'm 28. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 6'2". You can fact check on that. Don't know how he wants us to do that. All right. And work in medical sales. Mm. So this this one's a little iffy because of what I'm going to read at the bottom. Okay, okay. In person is where I shine, but here are the reasons not to pick me. Okay. I travel a lot for work. I'm horrible at texting and responding. Currently have 177 unread messages. I have a friend who does that too. We'll probably be moving back to SoCal in one year. Mm-hmm. And I've never been in a long-term relationship. Bro, this guy just shot himself in the foot. But was he doing that to be funny? Like, did he think that was funny? I feel like he's probably being serious. <laughs> <laughs> So... Is he cute? Yeah, he's pretty cute. Mm. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, he has, like, a styled curly hair. Shorter. Okay. Um... That's all he Definitely said? Definitely can tell he's a Cali boy. That's all he said? That's all he said. We have quite a few that we're still waiting on a response from. So this guy just gave me reasons why he shouldn't be chosen. Yes. Mm-hmm. precisely okay, so he's not a good listener or a reader so he might be illiterate i think he thought it would be funny and oh, different no one's laughing <laughs> <laughs> um okay so those are the five responses we have so far mm-hmm. honestly i feel like this is also a good way to weed out a lot of people because mm-hmm. how do you match with these guys but you said most of them were cute, so you probably would have matched them. Mm-hmm. Probably would have had to go on multiple dates to realize, like, okay, this is not it. That's true. And meanwhile, they're just laying their heart on the line in an elevator pitch, and you're like, no, thank you. I feel like most of the guys that you just read off seem... It's just, like, so hard to tell, you know? But, like, just reading them off, like, a piece of paper, it's like... <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. That's why we have to meet them. Um, but we're planning on hosting this date... This virtual date on Wednesday next week. Uh-huh. So it'll be tomorrow from when this episode airs. So, yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and then we'll try to record how the 10-minute dates go, and we'll try to put it in the podcast. And then I guess you guys can decide who makes it to the final end. Hopefully we'll have 10 by then. If not, we'll just do five, and honestly, that'll be easier. Okay, spicy question. Grabbing it now. <laughs> okay. 
It is who's most likely to suck you off for a dime sack. What's a dime sack? A weed. Weed. <laughs> uh, oh okay, wait, I have to think. Three, two, one, and then we'll say it. Yeah. Okay, I have my answer. Me too. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that I would do it, but between the two of us, I'm more likely to. That's what I think too. I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like to smoke weed, smoke weed, but, um, I just think at this phase of life, you are more likely to do that. But maybe at a different phase of life, I would have been more likely to. Totally understandable. nothing against you. No offense taken. None taken. And on that note, (laughs) be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at workwifebalancepodcast.com. And hit the subscribe button. We're 10 followers away from 100 followers, 100. Too. So invite your friends. That's one of our goals. Is just 100 It's followers. just 100 followers. So. Tell everyone you know to follow us. All right. Hope everyone takes it easy. We'll see how Stacy's love life is next week. All right. See y'all. Bye. <laughs>